0: All right, guys, welcome to Nothing is OB Golf, South Texas Golf Podcast, episode 74. Before I get into my special guest, I got to thank a couple of my sponsors. Four Bros, Four Bros Golf League, never golf alone again. If you need a home, Four Bros is there for you. Make sure you check us out on Four Bros 2.0 on Facebook. Uh, we're out there for our, any of our events, any outings. Uh, Jeremiah, the ringleader of the group, has got a game going at least four out of seven days of the week. Now tonight I have on Brandon Ellis, golf professional out at Gateway Hills in at a Lackland Air Force Base. How are you doing tonight, Brandon?
1: Good. Thanks for having me.
0: Hi, right, man. I appreciate you being on the show. Uh, looking forward to it. Let's get right in. So take us to where everything started with your golf journey.
1: Uh, so when I was seven, my granddad and I, we used to go walk in the back behind his house and one. One day I found three golf clubs back there. Never picked up a golf club before. Wanted to see what it was all about and hit that first really good shot and kind of got hooked from there. Um, started playing at Lackland where I work now and been out there for 28 years Has playing and working. Has, has
0: much changed in the 28 years that you've been playing and working there?
1: Yes, definitely. When I started playing out there, the course was kind of – Not well-kept, well-maintained most of the time. And over the last probably 10 years, we've seen a lot of changes, taken some trees out and made a lot of improvements to course conditions, turf conditions, stuff like that.
0: Now, you have have a role where you wear so many different types of hats. I know you were telling me you do a beverage, you do like a front desk, you do pro shop, you do lessons, you do fittings. Take us through what, I guess, what would be like just a normal day in the life of, Uh, the golf professional that has to wear all those different hats?
1: So, I mean, it's really, it's a lot of time management, honestly, because I have so many different jobs that I do throughout the day. Um, So like I'll go through today actually, because we had graduation start back on base today. So we had a lot of families coming in for lunch. So I got to work at 630, um, checked emails, made sure the cashier knew what was going on. Had my food and beverage uh, cook come in at 9 o'clock. So I'm over in the kitchen with him from 9 to about 2. Went out and gave a lesson from 2 to 3. And then went back into the kitchen from about 3.30 to about 4.45. And then finally got out of there.
0: So the kitchen was open late today?
1: or is it- Only on Thursdays because BMT is back. So the graduation started. So families are stuck on base. They can't go anywhere.
0: All right. Because I was pretty upset the other day that I said, damn, I said, man, I was freaking starving. And then I go and I look, I think it was it closed down at one thirty, right? Or is it? It's only
1: open Thursday through Sunday.
0: There you go, man. And so... I, was, I was like, damn, dude. I was like, "But you know what? I, I put on a few pounds lately. So, you know, what? it was God's way of telling me, yeah, you're good. You don't need to eat anything here.
1: We'll have to get you out there to play and you can come eat breakfast.
0: Uh, man, okay you know my, my boy jeremiah he works there at Lackland, and he's always telling me hey, he likes to stop there at breakfast or and he's there every good. day I, okay i'm glad you said that right <laughs> and, he, and he always he always acts like he plays but you know what all of his shots are are from, of the putting green and the pro shop and what is it in, in the one t box right i was like <laughs> yeah dude, was and like, 18 green yeah, that's it there you go i'm like stop lying dude now now one thing is, Brandon, in, in having uh, professionals on the show, golf professionals on the show, I see that everybody kind of has like their own thing that they're good at. As you were coming up in the, in the game of golf, what did you think once you're going to make this uh, like, you know, your career that, that you were going to really, I guess, uh, specialize
1: in? Uh, honestly, I never really, I wasn't sure golf was really what I wanted to do um, and getting into it professionally. And then once I got into college and started playing, and then I realized once I got, once I finished college that, okay, let's get this professional route a roll and see how it goes. And I mean, it's got its ups and downs. It's not the ideal life that everybody thinks it is. I mean, traveling to tournaments, staying away from the family a lot, stuff like that. So it's not necessarily an easy route if you're trying to either play professionally or teach or any of that stuff. Cause you're always traveling. Now one
0: thing I've noticed is that good golf professionals are always busy. If you're not busy, you're probably not making any money and you're probably not a good professional.
1: Uh, exactly.
0: Now, uh, one one thing one thing that I've seen is that uh when when we spoke the other day, uh, I saw you got you still got your clippings and you know that's probably been your desk, your corner. That's been your spot for a while that you you know throughout your your career and I know we spoke about the course record there at Gateway. Who holds that course record?
1: Uh, that would be me, and I've shot it twice.
0: <laughs> now, does that give you somewhat of an unfair advantage over everybody else because you you started playing there at an early age and now that you work there?
1: They say it does. I mean, the greens have changed, so they're not—they've changed grass on them a little bit. So stuff has changed over the years. Um, I mean, I think I have an advantage over a lot of the guys out there because I've been there so long, um, but. I mean, there's some of the old guys that can still play.
0: <laughs> some that can, some that can still play. Now, what has it been? Uh, what have been some of the highs that you've had in your career professionally?
1: Uh, So finished. So qualifying for the state open last year was a big one. Cause I took a little time off playing uh, for about three years professionally. So competitively um, I just played with the guys on the weekend, stuff like that. So Qualifying for the State Open last year was kind of a big thing. Um, Had a lot going on. Took some time off because my dad passed away in October of 2020. So took some time off of golf and didn't really do a whole lot then. Um, And then my wife finally told me, you need to get out and start playing again. So I started playing, and I was like, I'm going to try for the State Open. And shot even par got in and then missed the cut by two at the state open. Ooh. But just to get back into the competitive golf world felt really good. So I'm going back to the state open here next month. Um, so I'm getting ready for that. Well, if, if your wife tells you to do
0: something, I mean, you better do it, right?
1: <laughs> no, she's been awesome. I mean, she's been with me for, we've been together for 12 years now. Uh, married for five. This will be six. And she's caddied for me in Monday qualifiers. She's been with me pretty much every step of the way.
0: Okay, now now what type of caddy is she?
1: She doesn't know golf. She doesn't play, but she will sit in the golf cart and ride around all day. But uh, when the web.com tour had an event in Midland, I went out there for the Monday qualifier, and my caddy backed out on me like right before I left town. And she's like, I'll go. And I was like, okay. I go, you're going to walk and carry the bag? And she goes, I'm on it. So she walked and carried the bag for 18 holes, didn't complain. I shot six under and missed it by two. And she was like, okay, that is that caddying? And I said, yeah, but it's not that easy all the time. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a lot of highs and lows in caddying.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, but 600, 600 is a solid, I mean, solid score, dude.
1: It's, it's so rough, though. The Monday qualifiers, I mean, you get four spots and you got 100 guys for four spots. So if you don't shoot 65 or less, you're pretty much not getting in. And it's, a. I mean, it's rough because, like, I shot 600, didn't get in. So it's like okay, on to the next one. Where are we, where are we heading to now? Now
0: now for anybody anybody who's out there, any of the listeners, any of the viewers, explain what those Monday qualifiers do. Now, is that those is that, that like you scored low enough and a uh, a certain amount of people get a bid to to play in the tournament?
1: Right. So there's there's a pre-qualifier to get into the Monday qualifier. So if you're not an already exempt professional who's playing on tour, you have to go to the pre-qualifier to try and get into the Monday qualifier. Once you're into the Monday qualifier, if you're one of the top four, you get into the field that week for whatever the tournament is. So, like, here in town, we have the Valero. They always do a Monday qualifier for that. Um, It's always at Comanche Trace, pretty much. And it takes anywhere from six to about nine under par I've seen get in over the years, which is pretty solid out there.
0: Have you ever qualified for an event?
1: I haven't. Um, I've come close a couple times and that's kind of what makes you go, is this really the life I want to try and get to? I mean, I've caddied for guys that have Monday qualified, um, caddy for a buddy of mine in Midland, what, probably 10 years ago. And I mean, he missed the cut by a shot, but it was pretty cool to actually be on the bag in a professional event. So I've done that a few times. So it's been nice.
0: Now, what Did you give yourself like a good chance to like a good shot at the dream?
1: No, I mean, I really didn't. I didn't have a ton of money coming out of college, so it was didn't have any sponsors. So I was doing it all pretty much on my own. So tried to stay local the first couple of years and even staying local. It's still expensive. I mean, like last year, for instance, just going to the state open. It cost me three grand just to go to the state open for hotel, gas, food, everything for the week. And I mean, you're up there for eight to 10 days because of practice rounds and stuff like that. So you figure three grand. And if you're playing, what, 10 tournaments, there's $30,000. And if you're not winning money or making cuts, it's you're not getting that back in the pocket.
0: And that makes it tough for that. That paints a real good picture for any guys that, that that have uh you know thinking about the dream right. I've always tell myself when I'm out there on the putting green or I'm hitting a shot, you know this is this is to win the the Hooters Open or to make the Hooters Tour. Right. And I've always said that. I know they don't exist no more, but <laughs> but that was always that was always a goal. I said, you know what, I, I want to make the Hooters Tour. I want to make the Nike Tour.
1: Yeah, even I mean it's rough, and even the guys that are making it out there, it, like the uh, what is the All Pro Tour that they have it used to be the Adams Tour. If you're not finishing top five, you're not winning anything. I mean, the guy that finishes 10th is losing money for the week. It's so top heavy on a lot of these tours that if you can't win or you're not finishing top five, you're not going to make any money for the week.
0: And and that's one thing I've seen. I've I've seen several people around town uh, try the alternate routes. I think like one of the guys that I had the privilege of meeting, he's one of the, I'm not too sure if it's a uh, Mitchell, uh, one of the Messner, uh, one one of the one of those brothers that is is taught by Brian Gathright and I think Mitchell Meisner. Yeah, Mitchell Meisner. There you go. He's and, a really good player. Yeah, he's a stud, right? And he played at Rice and good guy. I met him at Ben's shop out there, in San Pedro. Good okay. dude. Good dude. And uh, I'm really seeing him that you know he's trying to make it through the PGA, uh, the Latin American tour, right? And yeah. uh, and he's like right now he's second in points. And so I'm seeing him, I'm seeing all that work that he's put in, but again, you know, it might not be somebody who's trying to go through corn Ferry or Q school, you know, and he's going one of those alternate routes that are available to people, but you still, you got to score, you know, you, you got to be top one, two or three every week.
1: It, Yeah. I mean, even out there, it's rough each week. Cause you look at the scores and they're 20 under par for three rounds and it's yeah, like, I, okay, I'm going into the final round at 18 under and. I'm five back. How is that, this going to work? That, that's
0: he, that's exactly what I'm looking at, and I know he just finished second. I I, I can't remember because you know you're playing in Peru, Colombia, Chile, right? right. All these Southern American uh, countries and um, or Latin American countries, and uh, he went. I think he went 22, and he finished. He went 2200 and finished second. And he, lo- and, he and like and like you that's said, he crazy. lost by like two or three strokes, right? And I'm just like, I mean, he's. He, it, it, it seems like it's working out for him. His game's improved. He's going to make it, and, and I'm happy for him. But I see that those scores, like these guys are going like, I guess, what, minus seven, like minus five, six, or seven every day.
1: It, yeah, if you're not shooting, I mean, six under, you're pretty much getting passed by half the field.
0: And being in San Antonio, being a player, and being at Lackland and, and a golf professional for as many years as you've done it, who are some of the best amateur players that you've seen in the city and that you've played with as well?
1: Um, played with a lot of them. Um, one of them, Will Griffin. Oh, yeah, I Will. grew up with Will. Um, Will's an awesome guy. I mean, caddied for him a couple times in Monday qualifiers. Um, really good guy. I mean, Casey Carnes, who you had on the show a couple of weeks ago, I played with him a few times. Really good player as well. Um, there's just so many of them. I mean, Matt Vela, who plays just kind of as an amateur now, played professionally for a while, really good player as well. There's, I mean, there's really a ton of guys that I've played with over the years.
0: As you're playing career, are you playing any of these money or cash games? Have you ever played in a high-stakes cash game?
1: Back in the day in Divine. Um, we played what they used to call the late show. And so you'd play 18 holes with your team. You'd get done, and then they had the late show, and it was a nine-hole scramble, blind draw teams, and so we'd go out and play that, and then if you still wanted to play more golf, they had the late, late show. (laughs) Well, well by that time, everybody's either hammered drunk, or you got a couple guys that are drunk, they start going at it, and they say, well, I can beat you, I can beat you. So we played a three-hole match, and it was a three-man scramble, and it was me and two of my buddies against uh, Philip Huey, who at the time was playing and two other guys. I don't even remember who it was. And it was like a hundred dollars a man per hole. And I was like, okay, this is a little much for me, but (laughs) it got a little crazy because one of the guys birdied 10 on my team. So we went up one, the very next hole, one of them holds out a wedge from the fairway for Eagle and we go up two. So they pressed and then it got, out of hand real quick
0: who who ended up who ended up taking the money
1: we did uh we won all four holes that we played and it was really just i mean it was kind of uh i don't want to take the money because i felt bad
0: (laughs) you felt ugly right? but it's like (laughs) i'll
1: take my money and just get out of here and have a nice night
0: (laughs) (laughs) well that's 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 one thing I've, i've heard uh i've heard that I, that's one of the course right since i started the podcast one of my goals was to play in all the the courses in the san antonio and greater san antonio area and divine is on that list and i haven't played there and everybody keeps telling me it's like a sneaky good spot that has like you stated they, they have these games and they have these good cash games and good scrambles
1: we used to get on thursdays we'd get 100 guys and i mean there was good money out there it was Thursday, you'd call and say, Hey, I'm in. If you weren't there by one o'clock, you were cut. So your team <laughs> would play without you. And I mean, it was, there was, we could win $800 skin, $1,000 skin, just because there's so many guys getting in the skin spot.
0: Well, shoot, man. And that's the one thing since I've started this podcast that I'm learning that there's there's some really good games at some hidden gems, uh, like one of the courses that that support the show and uh, Miss Laura Reed out at Alice They have a great Wednesday scramble out there. And, it's just, it's, it's random. It's like, you know, five man teams. Right. And it just right. ABC, ABCD, you know, and uh, there's some good cash in the pot over there.
1: there. I mean, there's a lot of those games. You just got to know the right people to get into them. I mean, I've heard there's games at Oak Hills with like some of the tour pros that play Oak Hills regularly um, that live here in town or around town. Or the well, area, should I say? <laughs> well, yeah. It,
0: it always seems when I'm at Oak Hills, I'm always bumping into somebody, and I'm just like, I'm that annoying guy that that goes up to him. You know, I see – who is it? I see I see answer out there sometimes, uh, Walker sometimes, and uh, Roberto Diaz. I see those mm-hmm. guys out there, and I'm just like, man, I don't want to be that guy. But then I say, you know what? Screw it. I'll be that guy.
1: Say hi. <laughs> Never know what's going to happen.
0: <laughs> now, right here, okay, I got Jeremiah, my boy Jeremiah, Sierra. What up, guys? Love it. Uh, Brandon Ellis, great guy and always professional and always make you feel like home when you get to Gateway. Shoot. Uh, that Especially in this day and age right now, especially as golf is a hot commodity as it is, I think it's always that customer service that keeps that customer coming back. Would you say?
1: I agree. And I think on a military base, and, I mean, now that we're open to civilians and we're starting to see some of that played kind of trickle in, I think if you want them to return as customers, you got to give them the customer service. That's what a lot of guys want. They don't, they don't care really about how great your tee boxes are, how great the fairways are, how great the greens are. But if you have a bad interaction, as soon as you come in, that's going to leave a bad taste in their mouth. And I mean, most of the time they're going to be like, okay, that was it. I'm never coming back to this place. So as soon as they get there, you kind of want to give them that like, Hey, thanks for coming out. How's it going? Take care of them.
0: Well and, and and I think if I think that that's how Gateway Hills feels that's why when you come into the coming into the pro shop you feel inviting it's nice and cool and you got some great merch man you got some great merch in there and I know Jeremiah's always rocking it uh and you, and, and that's and that's the thing especially I think um uh, on being on a military base you kind of you, you get maybe that old that old school pro shop feel you know that 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 old old school shop you know caddyshack type vibe well no i think it seems like everybody's you know kind of getting up with the times getting up to the dates and and you have the cool merch you got the great stuff out there you got the nice beverages you got the my favorite over there you got the the long island or like i like to say the strong island drinks in there in a can and put me (laughs) on my ass right there and so uh y'all do a great job you and your staff do a great job and The course is in phenomenal shape right now. Phenomenal shape right now.
1: Well, thank you. The superintendent, he's been doing a lot. Um, Like I said earlier, we're making a lot of improvements, taking out some trees and stuff that needs to be done. So that way the course can, the greens can improve a little more. And hopefully we can get them rolling a little faster than what they normally roll. Oh
0: man, course is in great shape. Greens are in good shape. and, And I like that. That's what we want, right? That's what the golfers want. They want it nice, firm, and fast, right? That's it. I got I got Chris Espinoza. He's a he's a he's a player golfer out there in uh, New Braunfels, and he's also teaches out there at David O's Academy. Uh, what's your best advice to golfers trying to turn professional?
1: Know that you're not going to be successful all the time. Know that you're going to have ups and downs. Um, like all golfers, we go through funks. I mean, you can play well for three weeks and then miss eight cuts in a row, nine cuts in a row. And hopefully you got a good support system and some sponsors that'll keep backing you. And you're not worried about like, where's my next paycheck coming from? Where's my next, how am I eating? How am I feeding family? How am I paying bills? Stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's not an easy life.
0: But I, but I think, I think that that's great advice. You know, you want to make sure that kind of, if you're going to chase the dream, you, you got to trace, got to chase it early, early and early when, you don't have that, Uh, you don't have those, those huge responsibilities, those big bills when you can kind of just be like, you know, self-sustained, you know, you can self sustain on your own, or you have a good support system, like you said.
1: Exactly. I mean, if you got a family and stuff, it's like, I got a two and a half year old. So right now, like playing tournaments is kind of few and far between just because spending time with him and having given him what I can, what he needs and making sure everybody's good to go. So it's, Few and far between playing tournaments, but not bad.
0: Well, I got Jeremiah right here. I'm going to put this comment in and then we'll continue. It's it's great. It's great. It's one thing that I never experienced, uh, even though my dad is a a Marine. I've never experienced this unless I'm at a military course. Nothing like when the flag is coming down and everyone on the course stops and salute for the, the end of the day, the best feeling ever. And and it is it's 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 a tremendous feeling. And uh, again, like I stated, I think the first time this happened to me is I was there at Gateway Hills. I was playing in a, a Ferris Fairies for Warriors nine man little outing that that was ran by uh you know by Beto and the Fairies for Warriors guys. I was playing with one of his guys, Hutch, and we were on I think we just got we were on the tenth hole, and all of a sudden I had never heard the taps played before out there. I you know I never mm. I, I don't I don't frequent a lot of military courses, and you know, just to see everybody stop, see everybody on the other fairways and other cart paths. And it's an amazing feeling. You know, you got a sense of pride, uh, you know, a, a real sense of pride, you know, being out there when when the flag is is being lowered and, you know, everybody is super respectful.
1: Yeah, we, I mean, that's honestly, like if I'm given a lesson, that's just kind of like one of the greatest feelings. And I'll just stop and I'm like, all right, we're going to, take it all in. It's kind of one of those, this is an awesome moment. You don't get to see it all the time. People don't necessarily know what goes on on the military base. So if there's are civilian and they're out there, it's something they don't always know. Okay. We stop. we listen. we pay attention. And so some of the military guys will jump in their shit and really make them like, Hey, do And they're like, Oh yes, sir. Okay. Sorry. We didn't, we didn't know,
0: but it is, it's, it's a, it's it's a sense of pride. And like you said, you just, you take it in and it's a, uh... It's different, you know. You don't. You're not going to get that at any other any other courses. You're not.
1: Right. It's and a lot of people. I mean, they just kind of take it for granted. And the military guys, they're you can tell they're really prideful about it, and they love it. And I mean, that's what they love to do is protect the country.
0: Now, as we talk, as we talk about your time there at Gateway Hills, what have maybe been some of your low points in either your playing career or your professional
1: career? There's been a few. Um, Low points really like playing career wise in college. My coach wanted to change my golf swing. Um, I had never taken a lesson in my life. And I went through six straight months of shooting 85 or higher as a college player. And before that, I was like number three on the team. And so that was really discouraging, kind of made me want to give up the golf route in college and talk to my dad and my parents or my dad and my mom about it. And they're like, don't give up because that's just going to give them the benefit of the doubt that he made you quit the team because he changed your swing. So I played the rest of the semester. After that, uh, left Wayland, came back home. And then I started working for Alamo City Golf Trail, left there and went to Gateway Hills and then. Turned professional shortly after and started playing, doing what I was doing, and then the game really kind of came back full circle to where I was at before that. Before I tried changing my swing, I know. Also, in speaking with you, you mentioned something
0: to me of an injury of, a, of an injury you had because you, you, I mean you were you were playing hot, you know, from what you're telling me, you had a good point in your college career where you were playing at a high level and you had a you had a big injury that you had to overcome.
1: So, well, I had a couple in college. First one I tore my oblique muscle. Um so I was out for 3 months without swinging a club. And that was pretty much from February to April. So I mean all the big tournaments, conference and everything. I missed all that. Didn't get to go to Nationals because I didn't play a conference. Um so really that was kind of a low low feeling cuz I was playing some of the better golf that I had played that year prior to that. Um, and then the other one, I'd uh, messed up my shoulder. So I was in a sling for about a month and missed qualifying to go to the first four tournaments of the year. So injuries do happen. It's not fun. And rehabbing injuries sucks when you're trying to qualify for tournaments. I, I,
0: be, I believe it. So you've, so you've had your ups, you've had your downs in this business and let's talk about let's talk about some of the great things that you've done there at Gateway Hills. What have been some of the things that you've done to where you've put your stamp uh, on that course?
1: Uh, so I mean, I host uh, every week. I do a homeschool golf camp um, for military children that are all on the base, and we never used to do anything like that. So I've been doing that for five years now, and I get about. 10 kids a week and it's, they, they come out, it's an hour each week. We do chipping, putting, uh, kind of go over everything. And then the fifth week we'll go out and play two or three holes. So that's something I started up and started doing. Um, my big thing, I mean, since I've taken over the merchandising role, um, getting better merchandise in the shop, uh, two years ago, we were the highest grossing pro shop for the Southern region for air force golf um and that was we did 180 thousand in sales that year which is damn. unheard of for military golf courses <laughs> damn is there some money laundering going on over <laughs> that no that year it was I sold a ton of clubs that year though I mean I had fittings pretty much two or three a day for probably like two months straight I was on less T given fittings or helping people with the driver ordering shafts, stuff like that. So it was a lot of, a lot of club sales and not necessarily shirts and hats, but more of the big ticket items, putters, bags, stuff like that.
0: Well, I know you got some pretty dope gear in there, especially you got a 50 a year old man, like my buddy Jeremiah Sierra trying to rock the hot pink and all these hot neon colors. And he's trying to, you know, cover up his bald head. So, you know, he, he thinks like he's really young. And so, and so you're doing a great job of of keeping the keeping it stocked for for some young cats out there. You know, some people who still wanna who still think they can they can cut the mustard.
1: Jeremiah was telling me to order a shirt with the double pockets on it. He said he <laughs> wants to bring those back for a while.
0: Don't, hey, don't listen to him. Whatever he's not wearing, that's what you need to order.
1: Yeah, I'll make sure I do that. <laughs>
0: Now, now, in any of your time, there any of your time there at Gateway Hills, what has been the craziest thing that you've seen or that has happened since you've been there?
1: Um, so we used to have a night golf tournament, and we had to stop doing it because a guy got drunk, ran into a curb, and bit through his lip, and we had to call an ambulance to take him to the hospital cause his tooth was coming through his chin. <laughs> And Ooh. he did about $2,000 in damage to golf cart. So that's one of them. Um, we had a squadron commander come out and look at surveillance footage because he had two airmen that would sneak out of their dorms at night and come to the golf course. And so they found them. They would show up about one thirty in the morning and stay for about 45 minutes. And Carl <laughs> would pick them up, and they would bail. And he goes, okay, that's all I needed to see. I said, all right, sir, have a nice day. I'm um, glad, glad you're good there. <laughs> um what else we got do do any do any of
0: these high ranking do any of the, the high ranking officers come in there and they really think like their shit does think? stink and do they try to like i guess really try to use their rank or anything in
1: there the active duty guys not so much it's honestly a lot of the retired guys that um oh i'm a i was a general okay well i'm a civilian you're a general like okay i'll call you sir no, you're gonna call me general so and so sir, you're retired. you're you're sir to me. It's not general whoever. I mean, I know a lot of them. I played golf with a bunch of them. Um, there's generals, there's colonels. There's a lot of the high ranking higher ranking guys come out, but it's not really the active duty side. It's more the retired guys that want that recognition of what their rank was. Right. Like I got one guy that he graduated with a doctorate and so he wants to be called doctor every time he comes out. And I'm like, you're, you're not a doctor. You're Mr. <laughs> whoever. And he's like, I'm doctor. So-and-so. And it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. Hey, Dr. Scholes is a real doctor too. Okay? <laughs> Helps my feet out.
0: <laughs> all right, Jeremiah. Great question here. Is it true if a base general plays golf, that course gets all the funds like Randolph? <laughs>
1: not necessarily true um it does help out in some of it because when they when they're out there they have a little bit of pull so they can say like hey i played randolph in. let's just say the bunker on hole six uh i noticed it the face of it was losing a lot of sand can we get that fixed okay so they'll be out there fixing that or oh, the cart path on whatever hole has a little dip in it and the cart doesn't ride smoothly. Can we get that fixed? Yes, sir, we'll get that fixed.
0: We're, we're on it, and it's, we're on
1: it. I mean, if they're an active duty general, then yeah, they pretty much help them out a lot. Um, I know they have a lot of guys that are active, high-ranking officials over there. Um, they also got some guys that are retired that are high-ranking as well. So they get a lot of that play out there.
0: So yeah. And, and you know what? I, I've seen it. You know, and unfortunately, uh, Fort Sam is kind of, you know, the condition of their course has kind of fallen off. And I know one thing you stated to me is that it's hard to get water in certain spots. And uh, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And having two courses, uh, two courses, you know, is, is harder to run than just having one. Randolph seems to be like like the darling of the of the the, the military courses here in town.
1: Yeah, Randolph's kind of your – I mean, Randolph's what we would consider like the premier course. I mean, I don't like the layout, but course condition-wise, Ken's got it looking really good over there. Um, It's always in pretty good shape. The greens are really good. Um, He can get them rolling pretty fast and put them in some crazy pin placements. Um, And then I would say Lackland's probably number two. Um, And then Fort Sam. Fort Sam's just got a lot of issues, and they've got some irrigation issues now. So they're trying. They're in the process of trying to get a new uh, irrigation system. Well, but we're not sure when any of that's going to take place.
0: <laughs> well, as 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 we talk as we talk about course conditions, as we talk about the course, which is your favorite hole out here, out there at Gateway Hills?
1: Number ten. Right. Either number ten or number one. Um, both. The, you're up the, on top of the hill. Is, is is number 10 the par 5? The par 5 that you tee off down the hill and yeah. there's the tree up in the middle of the fairway? Yeah. Um, that's, one of my, that's probably my favorite hole out there. And then, I mean, number 1, just because you get the view of the San Antonio skyline on the tee box. Um, you also have the flight line in the background as well. So just kind of good views. Um, but yeah, those are my two favorite holes out there.
0: I like number one because like everybody in your groups or whoever's waiting behind you can really chirp at you or you can, you can get it. You can get it. The guys as they're teeing off and it's, it's perfect. It's like the stage is set, you know, because it is, you're up high and as you're looking down, it, it is pretty, the stage is set for you.
1: So we have a tournament out there tomorrow, the dental group. And the guy asked me today, he goes, do you have a megaphone? And I go, no, I don't have a megaphone. And he goes, yeah, we're gonna have a bunch of people heckling on number one tee box, and they want a megaphone so they can yell at people in their backswing. And I'm like, that, that's not a golf tournament. You're you're having a party out here. Like, what is going on? But but you know, in all fairness,
0: that's for for us guys. That you know, that, hey, that that's when we can party is on the golf course.
1: I mean, and I get it. I mean, the active duty guys—they just want to get out of work. They don't care. They're not golfers. They just want to come out and ride around and do whatever, drink a beer, have fun, just relax.
0: And that's one. That's one thing I see a lot more than regular courses. I see a lot of those guys come and they're dressed in like just regular clothes or even in their uniforms, and they just like you said, like they got a wood. They got wood drivers in their golf bag. You know, they got a. Oh, yeah. they, they got a Schaefer light golf bag, or they got a just a Michelob, <laughs> not even a Mikulov Bolcher. it's just Michelob, You know.
1: <laughs> I had a guy show up with a plastic bag one day. He had all his clubs wrapped in a plastic bag, and he goes, "Here's my golf bag," and I go. <laughs> what? And he goes, that's my golf bag. And I said, how? He goes, all my clubs are in it. This is my golf bag. And it was tied together. And it was literally a grocery bag. So I'm like, I've seen it, seen it all.
0: I was going to say, did
1: you, did you let him get on? Yeah. I mean, he had clubs. I wasn't going to stop him. (laughs) Go enjoy your round. Have fun.
0: Hold on, man. I got, I got my dogs barking right now. I got my dogs barking. right here. All right, gonna play a little word right here from one of my sponsors, Blackbird Golf Apparel. Now, be, now being a uh, being a golf professional, I know you're outfitted by by certain companies. Now, who are you tied in with?
1: No apparel companies. Um, I kind of I go towards FootJoy just because they make some cool shit. Um, I like wearing Vineyard Vines a lot, but price points. Like if I can get it through the shop, I'm getting discounts on it, so I'll just kind of rock whatever we got coming into the shop. Um, but if I had to choose either Foot Joy, Vineyard Vines, uh Peter Mylar, stuff like that. Peter Mylar I can't carry in the shop just because the price point's way too high and the guys won't pay it.
0: So. <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. It's very high. Well, man, I'm gonna tell you, hey, you, you need to check out blackbird golf apparel. We're here they're here in San Antonio, uh veteran owned by two two veterans. So hey, I'm gonna send I'm gonna make sure we get you some we get you some merch, dude. So you can rock it. I, There you go. That's what I like to hear. Now, in regards to apparel, I know you say you don't have an apparel company, but I know you're tied in with the golf, uh, with, you know, golf equipment. Who is that golf company?
1: Uh, so Callaway, I'm on staff with Callaway. Um, Ian Parnaby, the rep here in San Antonio, South Texas area. Um, he does a really good job keeping me stocked with golf balls, clubs, gloves, whatever I really need. Um, Really good guy. So Callaway's taking care of me for the last four years. So I keep yeah. playing it. Enjoy it. <laughs> now now what
0: type of deal do you have? Because I, I played it I played at the Dominion yesterday and I played with uh I played with another Callaway uh Callaway uh golfer, golf professional. And you know, he said that 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 every one of y'all has like different different deals where some you have to give back your clubs, some you have you can keep your clubs. What kind of deal do you have? So
1: I mean a little bit of both if it's something. So like I played the rogue three wood up until this past year, because I didn't hit any three wood better than that. And so I just kept it in the bag. Um, But what they'll try and what they would like us to do is have 13 Callaway products in their bag, including one being an odyssey putter. Um, And it's all the latest stuff. So like now it'd be rogue ST max. Uh, Driver, fairway woods, and then either the irons or the apex irons. Now, as, as you've done all your fittings
0: recently within the past year, what what has been? I guess like, do you, do you push? Do you push Callaway more, or do you just really? Because uh, I saw you had you had a full stack of uh, the Stealth items there. You know, you had a full bag of Stealth the other day.
1: So no, I mean. With it being military, you got your guys that are all kind of loyalist, brand loyalist. Um, do I push Callaway? If a guy comes in and doesn't really know what he wants, I'll set him up with like a seven iron, a Callaway seven iron. I'll set up a Mizuno seven iron. Let them go to the range, just hit them, and see which one they like better. And then we'll schedule a fitting from there for whichever one they felt they hit better. But I mean, the day of the fitting, I can still put those seven irons together and bring them out to the range and go, okay here's the numbers, here's what you're getting. Is this good for you? No, yes, whichever. Um, I do sell a lot of Callaway though because a lot of the retired guys are brand loyalists with Callaway. I've seen a lot of the younger guys now going towards TaylorMade. um, Oh yeah, they're hip, they're hip, they're cool. So that's, (laughs) to each their own, I mean, everybody's got their own equipment. It's not, there's not one that I think is better than Every other brand out there. All right. Okay.
0: Let's get into some fun stuff. Let's get into some fun stuff of golf. Favorite golf movie? 10 Cup. Oh, man. D- Are you Roy McAvoy?
1: That is me. <laughs> We're just going to keep dropping it until we make it.
0: <laughs> oh, man. It's like, it's like, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. What do you say? I'm not going to go through the tree. I'm going to go over the tree. Over the tree. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, best golf memory
1: winning state championship my senior year of high school
0: now where was that scene where was that tournament played at uh
1: the plantation course in frisco
0: oh man and uh how low did you go uh
1: so the first round so i went to private school so taps is like there weren't a ton of good players but there were about five of us and So going into state, I said, at worst, I'm finishing fifth. And (laughs) the first day we played 12 holes, and it poured down the whole time we played. And I think I was about 48 over par, it felt like. And I'm going, yeah, I just shot state in the foot. I'm done. Like, I'm going to finish 20th. They canceled the round. And I went to the range and hit balls the rest of the day. Then I went to the mall, just kind of did everything to stay away from the team, kind of just do my own thing, go out the next day, shoot 68, and win state by two. And I'm like, this is totally different from being 20 over par, it felt like. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So
0: uh, let's see right here. Craziest, let's see, craziest round that you've been a part of.
1: The first time I shot 62. I was two over par through four. Change balls on the fifth tee and then I birdied holes five through 10. And then I eagled number 11. I had, I hit it to about a foot just behind the hole, almost made a one on a par four and made eagle there. And then I left out on 12 for birdie. And then I birdied 13, 14, 15, and 16 and then parred 17 and 18. So it and was, so- it was a whirlwind round, like two over par. And then, roll off a ton of birdies.
0: (laughs) All right. So let's see right here. Favorite course in the greater San Antonio area.
1: When it's in good shape, I like the resort course at Locke and Um, I just like the layout for some reason, Um, but probably like, you're like, you're
0: like a first, you're like a first saying that, like that they, that they love that. I had
1: some really good rounds out there. (laughs) But probably the Dominion. I mean, because it's always in pretty decent shape.
0: It was not. It was man. It was nice yesterday. the The greens had been punched. I think they were punched like a like a few days ago. But man, they still roll. They they, they were still rolling. They were still fast. They're still rolling. Uh, thank you, thank you to the the professional out there, Hector. Uh, man, he had some great hospitality. Food was good there. Car, everything, drinks were good. Uh. It was good. I was trying to show out for the pro out there, you know. And I just showed him I could play it like a little bit, just a little bit.
1: No, the Dominion. I've that was where I qualified for the assistance championship in 2013, and so that was kind of the first big high profile PGA event that I qualified for. Um, so that was kind of that's why it kind of ranks up there as one of my favorites. I, I,
0: I one of my boys. One of my boys used to work there. I say about 10 years ago. He was the he was the cart guy. And man, every time he'd be like, "Hey, three o'clock. Hey, come on by. Come on by. <laughs> I got a card for you. Come on by. Come on by." And it was it was awesome because being a school teacher, I'm off like you know every summer, and so right. like like for one whole summer, I think we were playing like four four days out of the week that we were playing the Dominion. No, oh, nice. All right. Now, being a Callaway guy, talking about uh, the the South Texas rep, Ian Parnaby, and then uh, mentioning your name to my boy Travis Salkowski. He said, "Y'all had some great times on some, uh, like, some Callaway rounds, some Callaway retreats. Give me, give me a good story from the good old days, uh, where uh, you know, you, Ian, and Travis."
1: Um. So Callaway does like a little Ryder Cup thing between North Texas, South Texas, for their staff guys. Um, that's actually where I met Travis, um, and we were playing at Wolf Dancer and Bastrop. Oh man. He loves it. He and loves that
0: course. He loves that course.
1: That's probably one of my favorites, like in Texas. They're in Texas Star. And Euless. That's another good golf course. Um so we played the first day and don't remember what it was, but there was a storm moving in or a front moving in. And the next day was supposed to be like 35 degrees. So there's a fire pit at Wolf Dancer out on the back patio past the bar and we sat out there, and it was Travis, Ian, myself, and probably fifteen or eighteen other golf professionals. And I think we went through twenty something bottles of wine that night, just sitting <laughs> around the fire pit. So, needless to say, it was really a shit show from everybody that <laughs> night. But we still talk about that every time we get together, and uh, there was a lot of alcohol consumed that night and on that trip.
0: Well, Travis must love that course because he like. Okay, check this out. He invited he invited me to go there, and he goes, "Oh, it's a great deal. I think whatever rate you know y'all guys get, or you know, he's like it's only like thirty-five bucks or forty bucks, right?" And uh, I'm sure you you play there for free, right? I'm sure certain guys (laughs) play there for free. Well, uh, he tells me it's it's on Easter Sunday. This guy, I'm (laughs) I'm like I'm like, damn, Travis. I was like, does Sabrina want you out of the house like that bad or? And he goes, you know what? He goes, we don't, you know, celebrate it so much. So it's it's almost kind of like, you know, hey, do some stuff in the morning, and then the rest of the day's yours. And I'm like, dude, I I can't I can't break away from the family. And and I'm like over here, my wife's looking at like, I'm looking at my phone, and I'm just like, really? And my wife's like, well, who is it? Who is it? And I said, <laughs> I said, well, Travis wants me to go play golf. Uh, that's a no. And I said, yeah, I I love you, and I want to stay married. That's that's a hard.
1: You, you can get away and go play next week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, brother. We'll shoot, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. I got, man, I got one more question. Who are you playing your final round of golf with on this earth?
1: Are we playing a foursome? Or are we? It's, what are, it's your call, man. It's your call. So if I could, one would be my dad. Um, like I said, he passed away two years ago. So kind of. Miss playing golf with him, um, Tiger Woods, and then probably Nicholas and Palmer, because those were just two cool guys. And I mean, then I could finally get the uh, who was better, Jack or Tiger, out of the way.
0: Man, that's that, th- those are great, dude. You got you got a little mixing, uh, some family mixing in some celebrities because. Uh, we have this, uh, you know. What I know, you're a member of our uh, Four Bros group, right there. You see on Facebook, and so we have, we have. There's a little, uh, there's a little rivalry going on right there because one of the guys in our group, we keep. There's I, a little tiger hating in the group. Yeah, I won't yeah. say anything. Yeah. <laughs> see, well, the thing is, that's one of the rules. That's that's the first rule. There's not going to be any tiger bashing, and so I suspended him, and you know he's got me and some other admins and like a, a group text, and he's like, he's like, he, he's just like, put me back on. Take me off suspension. He goes, you little midget, right? He tells me that. And I'm like, bro, it, once you calm down and once you stop tiger bashing, I'm going to lift the suspension. He goes, no, this is a free country. And I said, no, this is for bros country. You know, it's like, no. like, Oh, it,
1: just wait. I'm going to the British Open, so I'll just take a bunch of tiger picks and just post go. them. There you
0: I'll go. I'll just go right? on the page
1: and start tiger posting.
0: <laughs> well, right. I mean, but, so it was like it caused this like this huge thing, right? This huge thing. And uh, so now we're going to have a match, right? We're going to have a match between me and this guy, Alex Macias. And if he beats me, uh, he gets to do all the Tiger bashing he wants, and we're going to change that rule. But if I win, he's going to shut up, and he's going to be a Tiger lover, uh, or, like, he gets automatically banned from the group. And so uh, we, we, he, he wants to play it because he, he works there at Lackland, too. So he, he wants to play it there at your course.
1: Okay. Let me know. We'll set something up. I mean, if I got to get TV cameras out there, Facebook live, that have, we, can, we can go hardcore with it and get he, scoreboards and everything set up. There you
0: go. Right. So he go he goes, uh, I'll and, have Jeremiah go, drive the drink cart. There you go. You know what? He would play a great cart girl. He would, he would not a pretty one, but he would. <laughs> well, Hey Brandon, thanks so much for being on the show, bro. And taking us through your time at Gateway uh, man, you're one of the the best guys around town. I was, I I was looking, you know, for Travis to give me some dirt on you, give me some shit talking about you, but man, you know what? Too many guys in this business have a lot of good things to say about you. Uh, you're a great ambassador for military golf here, especially in military USA and for the city of San Antonio. You're doing great things, man. Freaking keep it up, bro.
1: Well, thank you. Um, one thing before you go, um, a lot of people don't know i mean civilians are allowed on the base so we can get passes for these guys if they can't get on base so if you want an outing or you just want to come out and play get in contact with us at the pro shop thank you man that, that's a great point yes
0: because you know what uh i know during covid it was just a little bit there, there was a little bit of regulations that especially you know limiting people on and off the base but uh that's a great point guys now i know uh you can all you got to do is contact the pro shop uh they need to do a a background check so if you for you felons out there guys if you got some stuff you got some warrants don't send your stuff (laughs) don't send your stuff in because brandon was telling me that the other day he's driving in he sees people at the visitor station getting pulled over and they got to call the cops right so yeah they don't uh,
1: tell you either they just show up and you're in cuffs and bye (laughs) thanks for (laughs) thanks for showing up
0: So, guys, it, like, Brandon, like, like Brandon stated, uh, it's a lot easier now to get on base. You just have to, to send in some certain things, uh, certain information, so they can get that, do that background check and give you a six-month pass so you can have access to all these beautiful courses. I mean, G- Gateway Hills, Randolph, and, and it's super easy. But at the same time, you can't take advantage of that the, the, the privilege, that opportunity, uh, thanks so much guys uh, i'm gonna put make sure to put include brandon's email within uh the show notes so you can get at him you want to get those uh those base privileges to to play golf out there to play golf at randolph to play golf at, at at gateway hills fort sam and to have an outing out there it's great it's a great price uh especially for the membership i know you'll have great memberships out there and uh thanks so much brandon for being on the show man i appreciate keep rocking out there bro
1: no problem. Thanks for having me. And thanks everybody. Have a good night. Have a good night, brother. I really want to thank Brandon, man. He's a, he's a badass dude.
0: Uh, and he's a hell of a player. Uh, a lot of great guys have a lot of great things to say about him. I know all my boys, Sergio, Jeremiah, uh, it's that customer service. He takes care of people. And again, he makes it easy. You know, they've made it easier. The military have let down some of those, uh, some of those restrictions. So you can get a pass if you are a civilian.